0: Thank you for tuning in to Bible Storming Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our aim is to help you be intentional in how you think about the Bible. It is more than just reading the words. It is about diving deep into the text. So let's study together. Here is your host, Daniel Webster.
1: What is good, Bible Stormers? We're back finally. <laughs> been a hot minute, but we are finally back on the mic, and I'm super excited to be here. It's been it's been too long. That's on me. Life's crazy. Drop the ball. But we're back now, and I'm so excited for the next few episodes. I actually I have no idea how many episodes this this series is going to be. But once again, we're we're in season two. We're talking about God. It's going to continue into Season 3 because Season 2 uh, has flown by, and there's, there, there's just so much to talk about. So what we're talking about right now is the omniscience of God. The omniscience of God. For the next few, several, 40 episodes, <laughs> we're going to deal with different things surrounding God's omniscience. So buckle in. If you're, if you're a listener to this podcast then you're, this is probably something that you're into, something, something that's deep. And we're going to get deep. We're going to get very deep into the text. We're going to get very deep into the philosophy of God, just thinking through the omniscience of God and really what that means. What does it mean that God is omniscient? Not just the word, but, but the concept. What does it mean that God knows everything? And how is that even possible? We're going to get there. But first, let's just spend a few minutes and, and think a little bit about knowledge. And then apply it to God. I read today about this, this guy who has an amazing name. Honestly, I'm going to name my child this one day for sure. This guy's name is Buckminster Fuller. That's right. His first name is Buckminster. And uh, it's spelled just exactly how it sounds. And yes, he was bullied growing up. <laughs> so Buckminster Fuller. This is, this is a flashback, right? We're going back to 1982. And, this, and Mr. Buckminster created... Um, It turns out he's a super smart guy, which, you know, he had to have something going for him, I guess. Uh, But he created what is called the knowledge doubling curve. The knowledge doubling curve. Now, what Buckminster discovered as he went back and studied history is that up until around 1900, around the turn of the century, knowledge had been doubling every 100 years. Every century, knowledge had been doubling. By the end of World War II, knowledge was doubling every 25 years. So it's increasing, right? It's gone from every century to every quarter of a century. Now today, fast forward to today, and knowledge is doubling every 13 months. What, wait, what? (laughs) Knowledge is doubling every 13 months. In other words, almost every year, human knowledge is doubling. Now on top of that, according to IBM, it won't be very long before knowledge is doubling every 12 hours. Every 12 hours. As a human race, we are smarter than ever. We have more knowledge than ever. And because of that, as a, as a human in the 21st century who has access to technology, I don't really have to know or or remember anything. You know, I've heard dramatic campfire stories of, of, of encyclopedias. And, and atlases, and, and people having to tie strings around their fingers to remember stuff, but, but all I need is my iPhone or, or my Alexa, right? Because we live in an age where we literally never have to wait for an answer for for almost anything. If it can be known, we can know it in seconds at most. We've been trained to live without uncertainty. We've been taught that not only are we entitled to every answer, but also that all of those answers are are just a couple of seconds away. No one ever has not to know again. Because we can take every fear, every every curiosity, every question to Google. And Google just quickly and effortlessly satisfies those those desperate cravings for knowledge and guidance, either with an answer or with a welcome distraction, right? And, And that God... That God of knowledge, that God of technology, that God of power is right at our fingertips. And it's it's visible. It's controllable. It's instant. It's even seemingly omniscient. At least omniscient enough for us most of the time. But there are so many problems in our lives that, that will never be solved through dependence on our data plans. We can always get a quick answer, or or three million of them, but the answer we need often will not and cannot pop up in a third of a second. It can only come from the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-loving God. And that answer can only come through patient prayer and meditation on His Word. How do I break the power of this sin in my life? Should I quit this job? Should I take that job? What do I say to my child who, who has wandered from the faith? Should I marry this, this man? Should I marry this woman? Why cancer? You can type any of those questions into your search bar, and you'll get lots of answers, maybe, maybe even some good ones. But think about this. Isaiah warned that impatience with God would lead us to other, faster guides, to, to the world's express lanes for wisdom. This has been a problem for thousands of years. When Isaiah had to make the choice, he said, I will wait for the Lord. Notice that, I will wait on God, who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him, Isaiah 8, verse 17. And and sometimes, like Isaiah says here, God does hide his face. I I love what one, one preacher said. He said, God is not the butler your favorite internet browser pretends to be. God knows That sometimes the best thing for doubting, questioning, and wandering hearts is waiting. Sometimes the the uncomfortable distance between our question and God's answer really can be a gift greater, sweeter, and more needed than the answer itself. Now, that's a beautiful quote. And if I were you, I would hit the the 15 seconds back button right now and listen to it again because, man, that's deep. But in summary, God is greater than Google, right? The Almighty is better than Alexa. Our world is all about advances in science, in politics, in fitness, in academics, in, in business, in just about everything. We're trying to go up, up, up. And we're trying to bring our understanding right with us. Up, up, up. We want to understand everything. And that's not necessarily inherently wrong, wanting to understand things. But, but I wonder... With, with all of our drive for advancement, if we haven't lost something along the way, if we haven't lost the ability or, or even the desire just to look up into the night sky and get lost in amazement, not to, to try to explain it, just to marvel at it and, and think on how small we are compared to it. Because it's okay not to know everything. It's okay to let God be God. You know, I wish that I could remember everything that I've learned. If I could remember every name I've heard, every book I've read, every class I've taken, every experience I've lived, that would change everything. But with God, every bit of his knowledge is always present in his mind. His knowledge never fades. It it never grows dim. He's never surprised. God never loses information. God never has to learn anything new. Nothing is news to God. God never has to Google anything. He he knows everything there is to know about biology, physiology, psychology, chemistry, geology, physics, medicine, genetics, algebra, trigonometry, calculus. One of those is too much for me. Algebra, (laughs) He knows it all. He knows the answer to every question. Psalm 147 and verse 5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Even with technology, our understanding has limits, right? But not with God. First John 3.20. God knows all things. So as we take this step into this expanse, of the study of God's knowledge, the omniscience, the all-knowingness of God. Meditate on on two words with me. They've been on my mind this week. They're the two words, he knows. I don't know if, if we can ever recover from that phrase. He knows. What does he know? Yeah. When you say that he he knows, Daniel, do you mean that he knows? Yeah. Or or are you saying that he knows? Yep, (laughs) pretty much. Is there anything that follows those questions that he doesn't know? He doesn't hold? He doesn't ordain? He doesn't will? He doesn't work in? It's a simple and profound truth, but it's beyond our comprehension. He knows. Until next time, Bible storm on that.